Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We'll hear these words for those who come forward to receive ashes tonight. Words that remind us that our life is finite. And that we should be humble in how we live our life, grateful to God, yes, but to use the moments that we have to love God, to love neighbor. The readings we just heard, including our call to worship, which again was Psalm 51 and certainly Isaiah 58, are prophetic words of Scripture which remind God's people that we consistently fall short of loving God with all our heart and loving our neighbor as ourselves. It sounds simple. Love God, love neighbor. In fact, there's no misunderstanding about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, a person of faith. That encapsulates it. Jesus himself, when asked, what of all the commandments are the greatest? That's, that's what he said. Love God, love neighbor. And yet, just as the ancient people of Israel got all caught up in having a great worship experience and bringing burnt offerings and other things, and then felt like, well, we've done our part. God can get off our back. We sort of fool ourselves sometimes into thinking that we've got it all figured out. Ash Wednesday is a reminder, not just of our mortality, but of our need for spiritual renewal, for a fresh start, to begin to walk with Jesus anew. My prayer for myself, for Bethel, for all of us, is that this season of Lent, which begins today, will be for us a fresh start, to journey with Jesus anew, to discover the truth about ourselves and how we fall short, but also of God's amazing love and grace that is given to sinners like you and me. But it begins uh, with this story of Jesus' temptation. Now, this year we're focusing on the Gospel of Mark, and the story of Jesus' temptation in the Gospel of Mark is actually the uh, slimmest. There's very few details. In Matthew and Luke, we have a whole dialogue between Satan and Jesus and the three temptations that he goes through, and Jesus is quoting Scripture to Satan, and then Satan starts quoting Scripture to Jesus, and they have this, this sort of uh, cosmic duel that gets postponed till later. In Mark, we don't have any of those details. What we have is the story of Jesus being baptized the heavens open up and the Spirit descends upon him like a dove. And he hears, particularly in Mark, he hears, and it's, I think, only Jesus who hears these words, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And did anyone catch what happens next? The same Spirit that descends upon Jesus and he hears God's voice, you are my beloved, it says, the Spirit immediately drove him to the wilderness where for 40 days he's tempted and tested by Satan. Among the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. 
I love the Gospel of Mark because there's little nuggets that are so weird. First of all, the Spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness. There's no choice here. And he's, he's with the wild beasts. Now, normally, if you're in the wilderness among wild beasts, now where I come from, I think of woods and wolves. I don't know what the California equivalent of that is. But it can be a scary thing to be out in the wilderness surrounded by wild beasts that presumably are not friendly. But it says the angels waited on him. And in many ways, the story of Jesus navigating the 40 days of temptation is the reversal of the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are placed in the garden, and they're given one commandment. Do not eat from the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And it's almost like as soon as that idea was shared with Adam and Eve, they knew they were going to do it. And so they get expelled. And in the, in the speech, and I, I, I'm sharing this with you on Ash Wednesday because I wanted you to know where that remember you are dust and to dust you shall return comes from. It comes from Genesis chapter 3. So as Adam and Eve are expelled from the garden, expelled from paradise because they couldn't follow one rule. Sounds like parenting to me. There's a speech given to the woman, and then it says to the man, to Adam, which, by the way, the name Adam means dirt. He's made from the dirt. God takes dirt, forms it into the the shape of a man, and breathes the Spirit of God into his nostrils, and Adam becomes alive. When my cousin Matt's son was born, he called and said, we named him Adam. I said, oh, dirt boy. He didn't appreciate it. But here's what God says as Adam is being expelled from the garden. He says, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, okay, we can debate that, (laughs) and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. In other words, in the garden they could just take and eat. Now they're going to have to work for their food. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Adam breaks the covenant. And then it goes on and says, just to make sure that Adam and Eve didn't sneak back into the garden, God places angels at the gate to guard the entrance so they could never return. Jesus is sent, driven into the desert, into the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus passes his test. We don't get all the details in Mark, but we know uh, that he relies upon prayer and scripture and, and trusting that God was with him. And the angels, I don't know if it's the same angels who guarded the gate, are now waiting on Jesus so that the wild beasts and animals do not bring him any harm. You remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. 
Jesus, for us, makes our own mortality not a bad thing, but a good thing. Without Christ, our story ends in dust where it began. And we, we could almost wonder, what was the point of all of that? But in Christ, we have not just the new Adam, we have the Savior, through whom we have the promise of eternal life, despite our dustiness, our brokenness, our consistently failing and falling down and not remembering the first and greatest commandments, to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And so, yes, we come seeking spiritual renewal. We come, hopefully, with honest hearts looking at ourselves and knowing that we have room to grow and ways to go, but also trusting and believing that as we receive this tangible sign of our own mortality, our own brokenness upon our forehead, we do so in the shape of the cross. That at baptism, you were marked with the cross of Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit forever. That despite our sin and brokenness, you are a child of God once and for all. You are loved. And with the mark of cross upon you, it is indelible. It is forever. Nothing can change it. And so, yes, we come today receiving ashes upon our head, encouraged to renew our faith and to grow but also we're reminded of the eternal promise that we have been given. You are a beloved child of God. May you be blessed in this season, blessed in your walk with Christ, blessed for the journey. Amen.